I'm Ramel London and welcome to the Mainstream Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of talking to an all-round presenter boss, but it goes deeper than that. She was destined for the stage for a, from a young age, working in the world of musical theatre, literally travelling the world as a dancer and singer, as Miss Jinx. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> yes, we've got lots to talk about, but I love that she found her calling as a presenter, working in TV, radio and podcasting. She's also a superstar mum, a boss babe and my friend. Welcome, Shaney Ryan. What an intro. Thank you for having me, Ramel London. Oh, of course, love, and welcome to the mainstream. Thank you, my love. I'm so happy to be here. Honestly, I have to say, first of all, you have supported me with the mainstream from day dot, so that means the world to me. 100%. And the fact that I actually get to interview you on the podcast is even better. So. Oh, honestly, my head my head got this much bigger when you when you asked me to be here. I was like, what? I made it? No, you have already made it. So that's why we're going to talk about it. All Thank right. You. So the reason I have to go deep is because. A lot of people only know you as being a presenter, mm-hmm. but there's so much more to that. And I feel like you have, I think that's part of how we even cross paths, like being at radio together, being at events together and all those kind of things. Um, so we need to really talk about where it all came from. Mm. <laughs> so you are always the life and soul of the party. Thanks. I've got to say that. I that's, try. That's one thing. When, when there's an event happening, it's like, is Shaney going? Show up, turn up give it 100%. We go in. Especially if you're there to support someone. Like if you're there at someone's thing and they've had the generosity to invite you, Mm -hmm. like I always want to come, bring good energy, like be shouting about it. I just, I'm a big believer in like putting good energy out there and supporting people because you never know when it might come back to you as well. So it's always a bonus. Always a bonus. See what I mean? See what I mean? So one thing about you, I want to know, was you like this as a child or has this developed over time? Mm. Who was baby Shaney? Baby Shaney, um, I I was a lot as a child and I I now get it because I'm a mum and River is a mini version of me when it comes to like energy Love and that. needing entertainment and attention. Um, so my mum laughs every time he does something that I'm like, oh my gosh. And she's like, see, I've been there, done it, that type of thing. Um, yeah, as a kid, I had bounds of energy and even as young as like two my mum would wake up and I would not even be ready to sit down and have breakfast it would be like we put this thing called Lizzie and Joggy Bear on the TV it was like it was like breakfast TV but they had this little section it was Lizzie and Joggy Bear and it was almost like a workout and I would be tiny and I'd be copying this workout on the TV and my mum would be like great that's like five minutes of energy burnt to start the day. Like she'd always be trying to wear me out. And then, you know, it was dancing and then it was horse riding. And she kind of, my mum was a single parent. So yeah. she was, she kind of made me choose at some point, like, wow. is it dancing you love or horse riding you love? But if there was an activity, I was there. However, I'm horrible at sport. Really? Yeah, like horrible. Like I wouldn't have thought that. No, I run and I feel like I'm running really fast, but I'm actually not moving. It's like I'm so <laughs> as long slow. as you know that <laughs> yeah and like trying to hit a ball it's like catching in the dark type thing like honestly I'm really unsporty but when it comes to dancing stuff I've obviously got good coordination and like oh. I'm very very coordinated so it's a, it's a weird one but lots of energy as a kid and well, well I think it was hard work for figuring that all out <laughs> <laughs> because I genuinely thought you was like star athlete kind of thing but no, I guess it, so slow in a <laughs> In a sense, you 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 use that for, through dance, and, yeah. which is amazing because you you went on to do so much of that. Um, but I did notice that you studied dance, singing, and acting at the mm. Lane Theatre Art School. Yeah. So um, back then, what was it like being in that kind of environment? And did you 
aspire to have that as your dream job like one of those yeah. threes all I knew is that dancing made me feel something like it okay. made me feel alive it made me I enjoyed the way that my body moved and I'm a very um overactive person in my mind okay. and I feel like whenever I'm dancing and now for me it's hot yoga it has the same effect oh. like it just like brings me very present into the moment it centers me. Yeah. I don't dance anymore. My sister mm. keeps trying to tell me like, come do a class. And I'm like, I'm yeah. sure I will break something. I've so noticed like, your not. sister dances quite a bit as yeah, well. Right? Like yeah, like she, she used to be a professional dancer as well. And like whenever she just wants to like feel something, she goes back and does a class. Yeah. She did a heels class the other day. And she was like, come. I was like, can I do it in flats? Because <laughs> no, girl is nearly 40. I don't want to break something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, you look good and you don't look like you're gonna break anything so you're good you. but yeah it just made me feel very present um and I just love that feeling of movement and like expressing myself through movement creativity I was never much of a choreographer okay but I definitely made the moves that were given to me my own now being in lanes that was an interesting one okay um I joined when I was quite young. That was when mum was like, horse riding or dancing? Because right. I'm going to send you to this really good school, but I can't afford to do both, so you yeah. need to choose. So I went to Lane's. They very quickly were like, you know, blowing smoke up to my mum. Like, oh, she's really talented. We really want her on the agency. We think wow. we can get her work. My mum was like, oh, I'm not sure about my child working. What age was that? Um, I was probably maybe eight when I joined the agency. Wow. And by 11, I was in my first West End musical. Damn. Um and my mum was like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll do it. But, you know, I want to be in control of it. Yeah. Um, and then I sadly was going to have to leave the dance school. My mum basically couldn't afford it anymore. Oh, wow. She was like, I can't afford it. Like, things are too tough. Yeah. Um, you know, I really believe in your talent, but we're going to have to either cut it completely down to like one class a week yeah. or stop it altogether. And... Um, Betty Lane, who um, has since passed away, but she's obviously the owner of yeah. Lane Theatre Arts. She called my mum and said, I can't let her stop. Like, she's a big talent and Whoa. we really want to support her. And um, this is when my mum, I think, knew I had something in the dance world because I was the first ever child, un like, under 16, that they'd ever gifted tuition to like I'd, I'd ever had a scholarship wow. in the whole history and I think now it's a thing yeah. but I was the first child that they actually created that scholarship for um so I was able to stay and all of my education was gifted up until 16 which was amazing that's so lovely it, it was and I think my mum felt like oh everything she'd sacrificed had like really started to pay off yeah. and I was you know working I was in a TV show called The Biz for the BBC and did a few wow. different things. Um, and then I got to 16 and I auditioned for the upper school because you still had to audition to get scholarships and stuff for the upper school. Right. Um, and they offered me a scholarship and my mum opened the letter and was like, you got in, like, I'm not surprised. And I was like, I don't want to go. Oh. And my mum was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, why? I went, because mum, I was sat in the changing rooms the other day and there was two girls in there in absolute floods of tears saying that they'd been cut from the graduation show number because, quote unquote, they would need a crane to lift them in. <gasps> oh. And it was my first experience oh my of like how negative yeah. that industry could be and how badly it could affect someone. Now, at this point, I'm 16. You know, I'm wow. tiny now, but I've not always been tiny. Wow. And I had dyes and bum and I'm mixed race so like the Jamaican was really coming out in my shape and <laughs> everyone in lanes was like size six yeah. five foot seven blonde white and I could already at 16 years old see that I was going to have a problem wow. with my weight and that 
I was not going to be accepted and I would probably be those girls crying in the toilet going, you know, oh as much gosh. as I'd had a great experience as a child, I was very tiny as a child, but I thought puberty had hit me and as much as they still wanted me to stay, I thought the next thing is lose weight. And I just said to my mum, like, I'm so sorry, but I just don't want to go here. So wow. I ended up going to London Studios instead. Wow. Which was no different. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. But um, it's different now. I know that it's different now because I've had a really great conversation with um, the Nick Espinosa who runs that that studio center but you know the teachers back when I went brutal oh my gosh and that's the thing that terrifies a lot of parents about mm. putting their children into these this environment the industry mm. because there are horror stories where oh, yeah. people have become bulimic or had like you know all kinds of different oh yeah it was it was rife it was I was oh. surrounded by it all the time you know when you're be, you, I remember being told fat girls don't get jobs you need to lose weight and actually, just for the record, fat girls did get jobs because me and the other girl that was sat in the office yeah. being told that, we probably worked commercially more than anyone else in our graduation oh. year. But like, I'm not in the musical theatre route. No, right. maybe we weren't suitable for that. But like as commercial dancers, like we did really well. But um, okay, as far as I know, I've known you, you've never been fat. So that's what I'm like. Don't Google it. <laughs> it's out there. Okay, I'm, I, I would, could only imagine you as... A little more always, voluptuous than yeah, now. Yeah, I've always struggled with my weight. And okay. where I'm so small, I'm only five foot two. People think I'm really tall until they meet me. And then they're like, you look really tall <laughs> like, on Instagram. No. <laughs> but I'm, I'm only five foot two. Um, and I, if I gain weight, you can really see it. And if I lose weight, you can equally really see it. Fair. So I feel like I'm healthy now. I like yeah. eat really well. I'm vegetarian. I train three times a week and I do hot yoga. And, I, and I'm in like a really good health space. But yeah. that, was, that was traumatic going through college, dealing with body body image issues I can imagine I definitely can imagine and well done for overcoming it because there's loads of people that haven't yeah which is unfortunate but um I think it's beautiful that at such a young age I mean as much as 16 isn't young it is hmm. and for you to be self-aware that I don't want to put myself in that position yeah. as other women that is really commendable cause... and also like it was scary because I was thinking oh my god my poor mum like she's worked so hard and driven me to four classes a week after school and all of this stuff and I'm turning down a scholarship like you know and actually when I got into London studios I didn't get a scholarship for the first year so my mum had to um borrow 12 grand off my aunt and uncle to put me in the first year and she went you better earn a scholarship for year two (laughs) because you can't stay you know and I did I got the Wayne Sleep scholarship for years two and three so that was fine She said, you got to pay your way. She did. She said to me straight up, there is no more money. you got to wow. earn it. So I worked really hard. Well done. Well done. Well, you mentioned you was in the West End from as young as 11. That's yeah. crazy. So what was actually life as a theatre kid like? It was, it's actually still to this day, some of my happiest memories. Like really? I remember the day, bef- the day of the first show, like all the kids would go for lunch somewhere before the show and we did all of that. And I just remember being, um, I've got a terrible memory by the way, like Same. awful memory, but this is very clear. Um, being kind of, we used to, when we, it was Oliver at the yeah. London Palladium. So we kind of stepped down the steps doing, is it worth the waiting for? And then um, we're stepping down the steps. But before we got there, there was like six of us kids and we were all like waiting in our line. Yeah. And we'd like developed this little secret handshake that we would do before the show and it was like our good luck thing and I remember us really clearly doing it and just having like the most incredible show and it's still like one of my favorite memories like if I could go back in time and live that moment again I totally would that's so cute I like I really 
envied kids that had like the, I, I loved musicals growing up so mm. I always wanted to do it but it was actually the financial side of it where I couldn't do it because mm. it just wasn't available for my single parent household or even my area I felt mm. like the, the opportunities weren't always there but um I think it's so amazing that as a young person you get to have those little bonding moments and like yeah. you know having a little community of creatives yeah, from, like <laughs> from I, that age you're never gonna like lose those bonds with people like yeah. if I saw any one of those kids those cast members again like it's always like oh my god like because we just experienced something so magical together yeah. as children um and yeah I'll never forget that it's such a cool cool experience to have amazing that's so cute I want to go and see Matilda because I hear the kids in that are amazing heard that's really good I'm as take well River, I think when he's yes older. definitely well Obviously, you went from the London stage to the world stage, baby. Oh, right. <laughs> a little later on, um, you became a professional dancer, mm. uh, working with particularly Kelly Rowland. That that name stood out to me yeah. because she's like, you know, Destiny's Child icon, does her thing as a solo artist as well. So what are your favourite memories of that time? Um, so I worked with a lot of cool people. Um, the most bizarre moment was working with L Wiley. I love him. Well, okay. Please give us the, tea, the details. So we need the tea. So I got booked for a video shoot with Wiley, and it's the take that video. Oh, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and they booked this. Booked me and this other dancer, Yasmin, for this really zany shoot. And then we got there on the day, and we were like, "Where's Wiley?" Like, You're lying. classic "Where's Wiley?" moment. <laughs> it's not "Where's Wally?" Guys, it's "Where's Wiley?" Classic "Where's Wiley?" moment. And um, they were like, "Right, girls, like." he's not answering the phone we're not sure he's even coming so we're basically shooting this entire music video around you two now so the whole thing had to pivot and we had to, all what? of this choreography but then we ended up doing all of this like freestyling stuff and they ended up saying like the video is you he's not here we've got to make it so the whole video is you oh and this guy rocks up like 10 minutes to the end of the shoot and right is like let's do this <laughs> we've done we're it like, we're finished so we had, we had to like shoot this one frame and he literally did like two takes of it and we were like done and the oh video turned out really really cool so that was a cool memory um of a where's wiley moment Typical. um uh, a really cool memory is when uh i think it was chip it was it was chip chip had he was very early on in his career okay. he had like a opportunity to do the very like i think it was like the very first or second one in of wireless festival oh wow and um his manager at the time, Baff, I'd kind of like met out and about. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was like, oh, I need two dancers to choreograph and like support him on stage. Yeah. And it was the time where it was like, oh, we haven't got any budget or whatever. But I was like, this festival sounds sick. Like yeah. we got backstage pass and everything. I was like, I'll do it for a laugh. I pulled my friend Damien with me because she was up for a good laugh as well. And um, yeah, we ended up like choreographing this whole thing and like having this amazing experience. Like everyone like screaming and shouting and like, whooping and singing back the words oh and gosh. rapping along with him and it was just like a really cool moment to be a part of somebody's like beginning of their journey definitely um so that's cool and that stands out kelly was just incredible to work with like her team are so professional I can imagine. um and we've traveled the world we've been to like australia for three days yeah oh that was crazy we, that sounds tiring it was awful and because our <laughs> tickets were booked last minute we were oh like God. you know when you're at the back of the plane and you're like literally backed against the toilet so your seat doesn't go back it's oh, like 15 for, hours upright what? like honestly like oh. we had to just get on this last minute flight and it was just the worst seats on the whole plane oh my God. um got there obviously had complete jet lag ended up doing like a nighttime rehearsal because none of us could sleep and um but yeah we had some cool wholesome moments with her on that trip as well um that's so cool in 
Paris and Casablanca and the Bahamas mm. and Australia and uh, how old so did you around those times? Um, early twenties. Oh, for a twenty-something, yeah, that's like twenty-one, twenty-two. That's a good time. Yeah, twenty-two, twenty-three. I think is accurate. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Really. So how 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 was you? How did you go from you know theatre stage to you know the commercial entertainment world? How was that transition? Yeah. So um, theatre was very much when I was younger. So right. like child West End. Um, as I got older, I became way more interested in commercial dance and just caught this like little vibe that made me feel good but I always loved to sing um but yeah I just kind of figured in my brain like I had this bit of a journey in my brain planned it was like okay so whilst I'm young and like able-bodied I'm gonna focus on the dancing right and then I'd having been in West End when I was younger like our cast members were all ages right Right, they were like 50s and playing roles like singing and dancing and like you know even back then like we had Robert Lindsay as Fagan he was like a lot older than me and I thought okay I could do this at any age like I don't have to be in my 20s to be in a West End musical I could do it in my 60s if I want to those people in their 60s in the cast so I kind of put it aside thinking logically like let me get the most out of dancing whilst I'm young and fit and into it and then I'll sing and maybe do some West End and then eventually I want to be a presenter and I can do that at some point as well so did you Always have that yeah, on the it cards. Was, in my brain, it was um, obviously West End as a child. Then it was I was going to be a dancer and I was going to travel the world. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm going to find some sort of opportunity to sing. Um, and then when I feel like I've done enough performing, I'm going to present because that looks really cool. I'm smiling because <laughs> Shaney is such a planner. <laughs> I know. It's actually really boring. The I'm like the least you... spontaneous person on the planet. And Tony hates me for it. He's like, can you just be spontaneous? <laughs> Everything has to have a spreadsheet. Literally, I, I can see the spreadsheet. <laughs> like your life literally is geek. planned to a team. I'm a geek, honestly. But well done. Because, you know, people dream of doing these things and mm. you do them and have done them. Yeah, I think with dancing, like I started to pick up a few injuries Okay. And just feel like I was always a bit achy and sore. Um, and I'd had a couple of injuries that I did. Um, I did the Ministry of Sound workout video. Now that, that schedule was grueling. Oh, gosh. Um, and I tore my hamstring really badly and it took so long. During to dance? During the last rehearsal the day before the shoot. Oh, my god! And they sent me to Harley Street to have some like injections and treatment or whatever. So I could get through the 12 hour, two, two day, 12 hour shoot. Um, and I got through it and then like, even now I've still got a big lump of scar tissue at the back of my hamstring where it never fully healed. So I just like to pick up injuries and I was like, do you know what? Like, I feel like I still want to be able to like crawl around on the floor and have kids and stuff. And then I did the Kelly Rowland job and then I did the fight for this love, um, campaign for Cheryl. Yeah. Um, for Sherry, Cheryl Cole, Cheryl, Cheryl now, right? I don't think she's been Cole for a long time now. Yeah, no, she was Cheryl (laughs) Cole at the time. (laughs) Okay, Cheryl. she was Cheryl Cole at She was the Cheryl time. Cole at the time, which is why I still think of her as Cheryl Cole. Fair, Cheryl. fair. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I did that. And then I was like, do you know what? Like, I feel like I'd always said that I, my dream was to be a backing dancer for Beyonce. That was my dream. And then I got Kelly and that was awesome. And then from working with Kelly, I got um, a backing dancer gig, gig for this girl called Nikki Jane, who was an American artist. Okay. And she was opening up for Beyonce and the I Am Sasha Fierce tour. So Ooh. I got to open for Beyonce. I at hear the you. O2 I hear you. for five nights in a row and I thought that's close enough yeah 
<laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. And I got to work for Prince, which was incredible. So Ooh. I ticked some boxes. So I was like, I feel like like it's good to leave something on a high. Yeah. And I feel yeah. ready. And I don't want to leave on like a naff job. So let me leave on an awesome job and be like, okay, I've retired. On to the next. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. Bucket list. Nailed it. I'm really impressed. Thank you. Again, I'm, I'm realizing every time I talk to people that I'm actually close to, but also still don't know that much about the yeah. career part. Because, yeah. you know, we, we kiki about the industry and life and yeah. what we're doing now. But we have all, great chats about the now, the don't now, we? Yeah, but what all we're doing the past now. stuff, there's so much, like, it's so interesting to see how you've overcome so much stuff, which is amazing. Um, but my favourite, favourite deep dive was Duchess. Oh, God, Ramel. <laughs> I thought, yeah, you're stitching me up. This is stitch up, guys. <laughs> now, go on. Shaney was in an epic girl group called Duchess who were really good. You look all good. We could sing. You could sing. So this is around 2008 times. Oh God, I don't even know. Throwback, little throwback, little throwback. Okay. But um, good times. That's when you often went by the name of Miss Jinx. Yeah, well that started because my, I think Tony had originally started it and then oh, my really? brother picked up on it. Basically, I'm super clumsy. I've noticed, yeah. Yeah, like you've seen it. It's like, I don't understand how I could have been a dancer because I'm so clumsy. But I'm super clumsy and everyone started to say, bloody hell, like, you're jinxed. Like, oh. what, you know, it's always breaking things and you can't be trusted around. It's not the nicest name, actually. I know, so they were like, <laughs> jinxy, Miss Jinxy. And then it became my, like, when I joined social media, it became my social media handle. I which remember I that. changed quite a long time ago. literally remember that. Um, <laughs> but no, the girl group was amazing and it was, again part of the plan clearly how yeah. wait how did you make that part of the plan because going from professional dancer to to singer mm. that's is so it the common the universe is good and it's all about timing and right place that one because um i had stopped dancing mm. pretty much odd thing that i dipped into of choreographers that i liked working with yeah and had started doing kind of like just for a bit of money and a bit of like staying relevant in the circle yeah. um started doing some like backing singing for leona lewis when she was doing Jeez. like big performances at um like things like children in need or yeah. you know if she was doing the x factor things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. so i did that and i got on really well with leona she's such an amazing spirit like we're not friends anymore you know you grow yeah, apart you from people yeah. she lives in america Contact. now but um yeah she basically her boyfriend was an a and r at sony okay. and he was putting together a girl group and she um, had invited me to her birthday and I'd been there and met her partner. And Leona was like, hey, like you should put Shaney up for an audition for this girl group. Crazy. Like she's so cool. She'd be perfect. She's a good singer. So he was like, yeah, sure. I'll contact you next week. Um, contacted me, did a few auditions, ended up getting into the girl group and oh that was it. Gosh. And then it was like, I was kind of put in a situation like you've got to give this hundred percent. So yeah. you really need to let go of dancing now. And it was kind of the little push that I needed to stop saying yes to those random little dance jobs that I was trying to move away from. So I kind of opened up my space. Wow. By the way, I've never been so broke as when I was in a girl group though. Oh my gosh. Like, oh God. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that. Because you guys, you guys did... <laughs> Do well. You was on Choice FM. You was on like BBC Radio One Extra. Like I was actually watching a behind the scenes of your music video. Um, <laughs> with I, I don't Scorch. think I've even, I don't think I've even seen that. It's still up on SBTV. Wow, oh, SB. Literally good times and um, SB is a big part of our journey. You know, really. So Jamal. Okay, have a minute. So Jamal. Yeah. Um, I've not mentioned him. Aww. So. Um, he 
was uh, so integral in us being like taken seriously by anyone. Wow. So he'd never put a girl group ever on SBTV. And his mum, Brenda, she kept saying to him, like she only told me this recently, that um, she was like, your mum's a singer. I want to see more singers on your platform, like support singers. And then he met us and was like, you girls can really sing. Will you come on my platform? And he'd started putting Ed on there yeah. and it was all the same time. And um, yeah, he was like, girls, I want you to do a couple of bits on SBTV and see how it goes. And then we recorded it, it went out and he called us and he was like, everyone's loving you. Like, Aww. this is amazing. Like you girls are popping off. Everyone is like rating you. And and it it literally like launched us into being in the room with like, although we were put together by Sony, we didn't have a deal with Sony. Like it was really weird. Oh, they wow. put us together, but they didn't sign us. They were like, I'm gonna put you together, get you in with some producers, you know, put you in some, you know, some good rooms and whatever, wow. and then see how it goes. It was really bizarre. Like we worked with some incredible um, people, but di didn't have a deal. And then Jamal yeah. put us on SB and all of a sudden, there was like label interest. Of course. So Jamal, as many people say, was like such a big part of our wow. like journey. Um, and then we ended up actually signing with Universal, which was really random because wow. Sony didn't end up signing us, which was really <laughs> I've bizarre. never heard that before. Yeah, like put together a by label and then signed by a different <laughs> label. Honestly, the journey was wild. So, but Literally. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, well, wild. I mean, that's the thing. You, <laughs> you were in a girl group. You did what you had to do. But unfortunately... You broke up and girl, you mentioned girl, that you were girl broke. Groups be, <laughs> girl groups be girl groups. There's what happens? Like, you know, you guys were doing well. I, I remember those days and I remember hearing your music and all that kind of stuff. So what mm. actually happened? I yeah. think when you already have your own, um, your own energy within an industry and then other people come in and try to match it, sometimes there's a little bit of envy. So yeah. it felt like the rather than taking it like I was pulling everything I had out the locker to help us move forward in our career yeah it felt like there was a element of oh everyone oh Shaney again oh mm. you know they want to talk to Shaney and not us and it's like they're like I'm I'm working hard for the band here yeah to connect with people pull in the favors do everything to make us more successful and rather than getting on board and leaning into those conversations mm -hmm. and joining in on those moments it was like retreat fall back ugh you know like Ooh. I was giving them the ick type thing but forgetting all of the things that I helped create yeah um, features and tours is a big deal so yeah the fact that you choreographer oh makeup gosh. artist they were all my all my connections Jeez. um styling all my connections um so it was it was difficult to be going 100 miles an hour mm. um and getting quite a lot of meanness back um not from jamie jamie's just been my bridesmaid at my wedding oh. but um and you know me and one of the other girls we're still really lovely and yeah. like we get on and i feel like we we both had our opinions on that situation um and then the other one we don't really talk we don't talk about bruno if you've got kids you know that reference I ain't got kids and I love that We reference. don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was, a, I, it, I was devastated when that, I put so much energy into it and Damn. I'd like really put myself out there um, as trying to do something. And like a lot of people knew about it and a lot of people had supported us and I'd used all my favors and I just felt really devastated that it ended because yeah. people weren't on the same page within the band. Um, and yeah you can't you can't you can only control what you do like I could I controlled my behavior in that situation I was professional yeah. showed up on time gave it 100% didn't let anything get in the way of what we needed to do yeah. pulled in every favor Jamie the same you can't control 
what other people do. And unfortunately, when your fate is tied to other people, sometimes it doesn't go the way you need it to go. Oof. Tell them again. That was that was good. Thanks, Ramel. <laughs> well, do you know what? Not everyday clown. <laughs> I know you know that side of me, but not everyday. Hey, hey, we're, we're, we're just, everyone's getting to meet you now. I love that. No, but that's the thing about you. Everything you're saying is is a testament to who you are. You always put 150% in and um, you're not afraid to shoot your shot, mm. which I think is such an impressive kind of like skill that a lot of people are terrified to do. Mm. And you particularly showed this when you entered and won the competition to be the face of MTV rap. Oh yeah. Not you forgetting what happened. I forgot about that. <laughs> yes. You so, were shooting your shot. Yeah. I really and you did. won. So yeah. what made you want to do that? So actually funny story. Um, Duchess ended yeah. and I was like very, very down, like very down. Um, didn't really know what I was going to do next. I felt really embarrassed. I felt like a failure. Um, I was kind of regretting leaving dancing even like, uh -huh. oh, why did I, I was doing so well. I was at the top. Like, why did I do that? Had a lot of doubts around where the place I was at. Um, and then um, I met up with Austin Deboa, who was, oh, yeah. you know, Austin. Yeah. So he, um, he, I think I just had a meeting with him about, he was in music at the time and yeah. we were just talking and just like, you know, when you're just trying to fill your way of advice from people that have got time for you and he made time. Um, and he said, oh, I know someone that is looking for a new presenter for wow. MTV. I think you'd be great. And I was like, presenter? That was in my plan, boo. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, okay, I'm interested. And he was like, let me just like introduce you on an email and then it's over to you. Okay. So I was like, yeah, can I come in? I'd love to meet you. And they were like, what's your presenting experience? I was like, none, but I was definitely like the mouthpiece of my group. Yeah. And, you know, in all the interviews, I would do all the talking and blah, blah, blah. But I'd love to have a go. I ended up having like a really great um, first interview then it was a screen test. And then like the following week I was doing like backstage interviews at Wireless. Damn. And again, those people that I had worked with as a dancer or had helped out, they're all there performing. So I was getting great interviews and people were making wow. time to speak to me. And that kind of like played through into the presenting thing. And, you know, I kind of went down that kind of commercial MTV route. Um, and that was a really fun time but also the start of the frustration Ooh. of being a presenter in this industry. Girl, we know that too well. Yeah. I mean, that's an impressive start in presenting. Yeah, I couldn't believe that's, my luck. Like, in all honesty, that is an amazing opportunity to start. Mm. The goal for a lot of people is MTV. Yeah, so like I said, I think amazing. it was just timing. And also like, I'm quite a spiritual person. Mm. Um, and I just, I always try to remember in everything that I do, like what's meant for me won't go by me. Everything I need will come to me with ease. And as long as I have like clear visions on what it is that I am trying to achieve, the, the universe will decide when the timing is right. Yeah. And that's not just in career. Like I believe that in everything, like in my personal life as well, the timing of my wedding, the timing of having my son. Yeah. That I feel like all of that was very much like not in my hands. Yeah. If that makes sense. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Okay. But first of all, I think it's, again, really impressive that you you were unafraid to try something new. Mm. And like you said, it was really hard not being able to achieve what you wanted with Duchess, but you had the 
courage, I think it's actually important to say the courage to step out again and do presenting. But was you ever worried that people are going to wonder that girl from Duchess, she's trying to present? 100%. Um, <laughs> especially because the weird part was, so like, do you remember Stushy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So awesome girls. Yeah. So we did a lot of shows like side by side with them. Right. Like they were the first people I had to interview at Wireless. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. Like it was only a few weeks ago, us lot were like doing shows side by side and yeah. they're going to be thinking, oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think if I'm being really open and honest, I think that's one of the things that I still struggle with is like the not caring what people think thing. Of course. Um, I think about this quite a lot in where I'm at now in life. Um, and I definitely think, I think it affects everyone in, in some capacity, yeah. worrying about, you know, what you've done, where you're at now, if it doesn't feel as good or people are judging you because, you know, oh, I thought you lot were about to blow and then mm. it didn't happen and all that kind of thing. Um, I definitely had a lot of, oh, I've got something to prove, like, yeah, you know, um, and I, I think... If I'm being really honest, I still feel like that. We all, girl, we yeah. all do. We're always, the industry is competitive. So we always feel like we have to one up something, whatever yeah. it is. So and I, try I totally not to get compare that. compare myself to other people because, yeah. you know, there's, there's quite a few key moments where I could look at and go, if only like that person had stayed in their job, mm. then I would have done that for longer and then that could have been my trajectory. But yeah. somebody else come in and took that important job and they hired someone else yeah. to do something and now that person is, woo, you see them everywhere. Like I've got moments like that where I definitely have thought to myself, oh God, like it could have been so different even now, but like that wasn't my journey, that wasn't my story, Fair. that wasn't my lane. And you just, I think when things do pass you by, you have to remember if they were meant for you, they wouldn't have. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, I totally agree. That's well done. <laughs> Listen, I'm learning so much from you at the same time as like talking to you. I'm just oh. like, damn, let me write this down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm always at the end of a phone for you, Rimmel. I can always give you the chat. Yes, we, we're here for a little wife catch up, but, <laughs> but we're no. going to tell everyone about that. We'll talk about that later. I'll talk about that later. But <laughs> well, you definitely proved yourself as an incredible presenter and uh, you went on to work with of course the heavyweight that is MTV doing the wireless like you mentioned GRM Daily News I remember oh you gave God, us the news so funny do you know Good times. do you know what was funny I was out I can't even remember where I was and Giggs come up to me and he's like yo he's like you're the girl from GRM News and I was like yeah he's like I think you're sick man like I watch you every week you're so funny I was like oh my god Giggs <laughs> I love that. And well, Tony was with me and Tony was like, that was kind of sick. <laughs> no, your husband being like, okay, cool. He Gigs, he can pass. We like, we like gigs. We like gigs. He was like, that was kind of sick. <laughs> I mean, I like, he's proud of me. You were such a big part of, and still are, st still are a big part of, like, you know, the culture that we've all grown up, whether, whether it's like music and like seeing the UK success stories and, mm. and, you know, you've gone on to do so much more. Being at Capital Extra, we was both there together, which yeah. was good times. Mm -hmm. um, you're the beauty expert and presenter on QVC. Come on, Queen. Always well, that's a good. weird one. Like that, oh. that kind of happened by accident. So basically, my oh. mum, who is a sensible Susan sometimes, she basically said to me, listen, you need something to fall back on because your industry is so wild that yeah. you're going into. And I believe you. And I believe in you. Like, you're going to be amazing. But I would like to think that if ever times got tough that you mm. had something else you could do so she made me go and sign up to do this like beauty therapy course no and way. to do like 
yeah to like study something else because okay. I'd always like been into beauty and makeup and like even as a young kid like yeah. it's something I cared about so I started off doing nails and things like that and I just did all of my training and then fast forward I met this random lady um at an event and she was like oh are you an expert in anything and I was like well I'm a qualified beauty therapist and I've wow. like I had we'll get into that separately but I had a successful company that um I had a team of beauty therapists that used to go out and do mobile beauty. It was like a side hustle. So I was like, you know, I know pretty much most things um, about beauty. She was like, great, because you do TV and you do beauty. And she's like, and I cast for QVC. And I think you'd be a great beauty expert on this. So I auditioned and got the job. And then started working with the brand. So This is what I'm talking about. You are always able to create amazing... By the way, thanks, (laughs) mum. You're always able to make great opportunities for yourself with your skills and your talents. Um, So, you know, as a presenter, we all need a reel. We all need, you know, content. How have you kind of gone about creating opportunities for show reel content and all that kind of stuff? Oh, so, I mean, for example, when we were at Capital Extra, there's no one like filming anything you're doing unless you're doing breakfast and your live interviews are being filmed for youtube and online right yeah so i used to just take my camera set up into the studio no way and set it up on a tripod and film my show so that i had snippets to put into my show reel look at that um and bearing in mind this was like two o'clock in the morning so the effort was real like, <laughs> oh my god did you like do full makeup as well? yes oh wow well done. i did full makeup made myself look like you know what we go into the studio yeah, like Ramel. Um, yeah like looking like we I'm just fell out of bed sometimes basically wearing my pajamas yeah most i used to make like effort go in set up my tripod film my show wow um yeah and before that i was on select radio oh and before that i was on rinse oh gosh yes oh my god so like i did like the free radio get your air miles up no yeah. money getting up at five o'clock in the morning to go and do my show and make sure i had something for a show reel to get onto capital extra because yeah. i got capital extra myself um i literally did um rinse uh, recorded loads of my shows. Yeah. Did select completely different vibe. Recorded all of those shows, and then I got somebody to edit together a voice reel for me. Amazing. And then I sent it to Manny, and I sent it to Javan, um, who was a producer, and uh, both of them liked it. So they both then sent it to the station manager Amazing. around the same time, and then he contacted me and was like, "I've just got your reel from two people. It's really good. Will you come in?" Wow. Yeah. Look and then that. they made me test for like months, of course, like six months, and then one day they were like, "No one can work." Will you come in and cover a show? And I was like, yes. And they were like, it's two o'clock in the morning. I was like, I don't care. And they were like, it's a six hour shift. I was like, great. Wow. <laughs> I'll do it. See, yeah. you really put yourself out there. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of stayed on that shift for a long time. though. But no, but you know what? <laughs> but, you it, know, this is what people don't realize how much goes into not only the show, but getting the show. Oh, like, God, you know, yeah. the show rule is so important. And like, getting clips from experience from other stations. Mm. Like you can't just rock up and be like, yeah, I'm a presenter, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Like you have to put in the air miles that like you said. Definitely. And then when it came to the TV stuff and the show reel, um, so for example, I like downloaded some software that I could screen record all of my, cause it was back then, like it wasn't just easy. Yeah. And you had to do it in a certain way to get like a really good um, high quality um, context. QVC would never give you your shows. Oh. So I had to like play live, them. Innit? Yeah, I had to play them back. Um, and then record them and then edit them down and then put them into the reel. So like, there's lots of like little things that you'd think were just like handed to me for my reel, but they weren't. They were like, I've either taken my own camera. Like I got um, hired to host um, Air Max Day for Nike. Oh yeah, I remember that. And yeah, like I basically roped in Tony and got him to bring my camera and bless him. Like he videoed the whole day so that I had snippets for 
my real like there's just loads of opportunities where I was working where I probably wouldn't have got content of course. but I've like made sure that I got content for my real that's yeah and I've to literally just rebranded the other day as well and launched my new website and I, stuff so I did see it's yeah. very impressive so we, we just started that whole process again it's not like that's never ending that's what people don't realize like yeah anytime you um I'm gonna call it progress and grow yeah into a new phase of your career then you have to start from the beginning. Yeah. Like you have to start your reel from scratch or like cut loads of it and go out and make new content. Like I hired a video videographer, a location house and everything to film a bunch of property content. Because wow. although I've developed loads of properties and stuff, I've not got anything on camera. Yeah, sure. So I had to like go and create all of that to go into a reel to Damn. take things where I want them to go next. Look at you content queen. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. But um, <laughs> you're doing it though, you literally. Yeah, you have to. You have to. You really do have to. And a really important important point that you mentioned. I realize I look like I'm just like laying down on no, the girl, sofa. No, girl, this is the Sorry, mainstream. Really, we get we get cozy. real comfy. We cozy in the industry. Um, you mentioned not having representation when you got Capital Extra. Mm. That is huge. That's a major key. That is something that a lot of people query. Do you need an agent to make it in the mainstream? Do you need an yeah. agent to to progress? I have rarely had an agent. Wow. My entire career has been guided by myself. I had an agent for a year mm. um, when I got MTV. They got me not one single job. Oh, and we're Lord. taking commission off of every job I got myself. Excuse so we parted me? way. Yeah. But this was when I was like starting out and presenting. So I didn't really know any better. Jeez. It was like one of those ones like we take 10% of everything or 15% or whatever it was of everything. Um, you know, across the board, what we bring you, what you bring yourself. Mm. And then it got to the end of the year and I was like, sorry, like I haven't had a single check from you. I've just been <laughs> paying you money, you know, and parted ways. And there's a few other big presenters that had the same situation with that agency wow. um that put me off and I was like do you know what like I'm just gonna do this myself did that for a very very long time um and then I got another agent a few years ago pre-covid mm. um where actually credit where credit's due introduced me to some great tv people okay um but didn't necessarily vibe on the fact that they again wanted to take money from my existing money before making me good money yeah my thing is if I've already got existing clients QVC Capital Extra at the time all of these different things that I've got for myself you need to be bringing me something new That's before I'm right. sharing my existing yeah and again like I'm not I'm flexible but I also like have very strong boundaries when it comes to things like this. Okay. So I held my boundaries. They didn't like it. So we parted ways and I've had no agent ever since. However, I have met in the last year somebody that I think is a really um, amazing person who I've got to know who's great in the industry. And I feel like she's just as hungry as I am in yeah. her own career. And she's also got great contacts and she's done some amazing things. So we are like, we're dating. <laughs> We're That's dating cute. and we're getting on really well. And I feel like she's potentially the the one mm. I've been looking for when it comes to agents. But I always said I wanted like a really strong female agent who was going to, you know, like care about me and my family and like care about what I want to do. And, yeah. and we're going to have a good relationship. Because I feel like if you find the right agent, like, I mean... I'll give Yinka and mm. Courtney as an example. Yeah. Or Maya and Izzy. Like, if you've got an agent that you really vibe with, that could be the person that you stay with for your entire career. It's 100%. like an important relationship. So I'm not going to be marrying anyone until I'm sure. <laughs> but, yeah, the person I'm speaking about is pretty cool, so. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you have the boundaries, like you said. Mm. Like, don't let the industry do that to you. Yeah, you've got to just, <laughs> like, know what you're comfortable with. And if something feels uncomfortable, like, question it, have further conversations. Mm. Don't mm. dive in because you're afraid to lose something, like take it from me I've had not had an agent for most of my career and yes that's made it more difficult and no I don't get some of the you know like some of the jobs that you get for your agent like voiceover jobs and great Mm. corporate jobs and stuff I don't get any of that because I don't have an agent that makes it tougher for me yeah which is why I have other things that I do um in terms of you know financially Mm. um and other investments that I've made because I I don't have those jobs that you know your bread and butter jobs those good ones you know that go between the ones that everyone swoons over on Instagram you know um so but it's a it's an individual decision but for me so far it hasn't worked but it doesn't mean it's not going to amazing that's a good way to put it and I think it's really important that you've learned how to manage your money and your finances Mm. um but do you remember when you first got in presenting and was you ever trying to figure out how much should I be charging? Because no one ever talks about this. Yeah, in presenting and also in social media work as well. Oh, good yeah, point. That's the hardest one. That's like a wow. So how do you find out how much you should be charging and booking? Is there are there industry rates or what's 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 the catch? So what with presenting? I guess in I mean school us girl. Okay, so with presenting, <laughs> that was always like a minefield because I didn't have a helpful agent at any point. Yeah, I literally just looked at every single situation, how much time it was going to cost me, and like, like what, where do I feel comfortable? Mm. Um, and then go a little bit above that because everyone always wants to hustle you down. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And then it's when you have conversations. Like I'm one of those people. I love to talk about money. What? I love to talk about money. <laughs> Everyone's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. That I, is taboo. I don't, I don't get why it's so awkward. Like at the end of the day, if more creative spoke about money, more people would know where they're being bumped. Facts. Where they could make more money, where they could charge more. I mean, I didn't I ask you about something. I'm not going to yeah, name the job. Recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But recently I asked you, I said, I've been approached about this job. Yeah. Do you mind me asking how much money you charge them? Yeah. You told me. You were charging double what I charged the year before. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go up a little bit. Yeah, I told you to go. I remember I said, girl, go up. Well, I said, I'm not going up because you did like a lot more on that job than I did. But still go but, up. But yeah, up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But like. The For fa- your worth. Yeah. but the It's fa- not always the time. Yeah, it's no, actually your true. worth. That's true. It's that's actually true. your worth more than anything. Everyone listening, this is for your worth. Yeah. Okay. No, you're schooling me now for sure. <laughs> but like, I felt no way to pick up the phone and say, Ramel, how much money did you make on yeah, that job? True. And I think that conversation is really important. Like people are so funny to talk about money. Like if our industry, like as peers, especially if you know, like you've had roughly the same sort of journey. Yeah. Like, and you've got a friend that's got an agent and you don't have an agent. So your friend's got their agent guiding them on pricing. Like call that friend and be like, listen, I don't have an agent. I don't know what I should charge for this type of work. Yeah. Like what does your agent get you? It's true. Like ha- it's so true. Speak about it. Tell Take people, off that little share, commission like, fee and then just tell me what was the rate. Yeah, yeah it's true. What did you get paid yeah, like for yeah. that job? Because I've been approached for something that feels similar yeah. and I don't know where to start and I don't want to undercut myself. It's the same with social media. Um, when I got into social media, I've got one friend in particular, um, Maddie, and she's been so helpful in like 
guiding me about what I should have been charging in the early phases. Amazing. And, you know, but I think people are often shocked when you ask, but it shouldn't be a shocking thing to talk about money. Like, the, you think these big businesses, they're hiring people to talk about <laughs> money. They're hiring people to come in and advise on what they should be paying their influencers and what the packages should True. look like and what the commission structure should look like. I literally got asked about a job yesterday where they're like affiliate and I said, don't do affiliate. Mm. They were like, oh, no, no, we weren't just talking Get about affiliate. They're like, no, we're like, I was like, oh, good. Like, now we're having a conversation because unless you hold your boundaries on what it is that you are willing to work for, like, there's been plenty of jobs that I would love to do, um, but that I knew they were taking the beep. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, Mm, it's not going to work because mm. you, you're not you, you you clearly don't respect me if you're not willing to have this conversation about these types of numbers exactly. so maybe I'm just not the right person for you and that's okay oh tell them <laughs> know your worth it's true yeah and I think it's important that you have been able to expand like you mentioned the social media work that's such a good avenue for revenue mm. you have been excelling in it very well like you get so, this girl is the queen of like giftings <laughs> and but Hashtag also <laughs> but also you also get paid to do a lot of the influencing that you do um yeah are you an influencer is that fair no one likes that word um so i've never felt that i would be being authentic by calling myself an influencer oh because why? um it happened as a byproduct of the following that I got being a presenter. Fair. So I would say oh, that, okay. and I don't feel like I've made a lot of growth in being an influencer. I just feel like my my audience, my core audience, like sticks with me, believes in me, and like listens to what I say. Yeah. Um, to a degree, not everything I say clearly, but um, I would say I, I I still call myself a presenter, although I struggle with that sometimes if it's a quiet period of time and I'm like, how am I a presenter? I've not presented anything in a while. It's Those still, kind of moments kill you're still you, a presenter. They? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I would say I would say I would dabble in content creation. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. If the fee's right. <laughs> See? She's like, I'm an influencer today because I got paid. Um, and also, like, I I don't like Tony will tell you, um, he sometimes has to really put a foot up my bum and be like, babe, you need to, like, you haven't posted anything in a while. Really? Yeah, he's really supportive. No like, way. Because he seems so, like, this is her husband we're talking about. Mm. He's so reserved. He's so reserved. He's not really a social media person, even though he's jumped on it recently. Yeah. But, like, oh, okay, so he actually encourages you to post. Yeah, he'll wow. be like, babe, you haven't posted in ages. Like, come on, like, you know. We need to pay the bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that rent is due? Be like, we need to get some. No, more than anything, I think it's he knows that um, sometimes I've got so many different things going on, it gets yeah. forgotten. Yeah. And I think he's great at knowing that I will be annoyed with myself when I clock that it's been a minute and I should have been kind of investing some time into that. Because let's face it, like a lot of the work that you get, it's like they want to know how many followers you've yeah, got. Or, true. you know, what, what's your engagement? Yeah, your how pretty does your feed look? Like yeah. all of that kind of thing. It all plays into the image of you in your professional career. True. Um, so I think he sometimes just, that like, gives me a little nudge to remind me like, it's important, stay on it. Like, and he's the best at taking photos. He Aww. like, he's he never, he never rolls his eyes, but That's he good. definitely says, time's up. <laughs> You've got your 20. Let's stop. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, he, he sounds like he's, he's a great content husband to have around. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, that's he good. Is. That's good. Well, 
you may not be an influencer, but you have a popping podcast that is all about the influencers called mm. Influence Me. So tell me about this. How did it come about? And um, what, what should we know about it? So when I left Capital Extra, um, I had this feeling of I hadn't got to be a personality um, for a long time. Because mm -hmm. radio, what people forget about radio is, all right, some stations, they allow you to just be your wild self, like yeah. Remy Berg's. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can't, that's Remy. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You're getting Remy when you're listening to her. Um, you doing all of your dance moves and everything and whatever. I'm like, them back, my knees, my yeah, knees. Yeah, <laughs> Manny, Manny's like, what you, is what you get on yeah. air. But I feel like, unless you've been doing it for a really, really long time, what happened with me is I kind of came in um, really feeling myself in that space. Like yeah. I'd done my air miles, I'd done my groundwork. I felt like I knew Capital Extra was like my dream place to work. Yeah. Um, but then when I got there, it felt like I needed to fit a mold that I didn't necessarily fit into. I get you. Um, because I was the newbie and it was like trying to test me out for like, where could I go within mm. the station and like trying to see where I could fit. And actually in my brain, I couldn't understand it because I was like, you've hired me because you like me yeah. and the tapes that I've created from stations where I have no like buddy telling me I can't do this and I can't do that. Like you've got the raw version of me and that's why you've brought me in. So why can I not then just do that? Yeah. Um, and it was a bit of an adjustment. And then by the time I come out of that, I kind of felt like, oh my God, like just let me speak. Like, let yeah. me be free. Let me, I, like, I went into radio thinking I was going to get to like interview cool people yeah. and, you know, present live at summertime ball, even though I wasn't even on Capitol. <laughs> Yeah. Like I was doing, like in my head, I was like, I'm going to be doing all of these cool things. And then instead it was like, you know, kind of very restricted in what I was allowed to talk about and that kind of thing. And I found that quite difficult. So when it come to the um, that feeling, I literally woke up one morning and I wrote on a bit of paper, influence me. And it came to me in my sleep. Wow. And I left it beside my bed. And then Tony was like, what's this? And I was like, I think I'm going to do a podcast and I think I'm going to call it Influence Me. Oh, he wow. was like, okay, when are you doing that then? And I was like, <laughs> like now, like I'm going to start it now. And I literally just started like working on it and, um, and speaking to other podcasters and basically saying like, how do I get this thing sponsored? Because yeah. I'm not one to want to spend my time on something for it to cost me money. Yeah. I've done my fair share of working for free. I think that's part and parcel of this industry. Yeah. And I'm starting something that's new. It's a passion project. I don't mind putting a bit of money into it, but that's not going to be sustainable long term. Mm -hmm. So Great. I ended up... Um, telling everyone that would listen that I was looking for a podcast sponsor and everyone said to me you are crazy like you are never going to get a podcast sponsor for a podcast that hasn't even had a single episode oh, yet gosh. like that's not going to happen like that's impossible you've got no numbers you've got no figures blah, blah blah so I was like okay what about if I get everyone on the podcast to um like loads of people, loads of figures, like yeah. great social media reach, blah, blah, blah. Then I can trade off of the fact that everyone that's going to be on it has all of that already. Yeah. So Influence Me became a combination of like an idea that I woke up with that I genuinely to this day don't know where it came from. Um, and it was basically <laughs> a podcast about getting to know the people behind the profile pic because I knew okay. quite a lot of really cool people that were influencers and I felt like their profiles didn't tell you anything about them. Yeah. It all looked pretty and whatever. And it was before the time of now everyone's like big long captions and like wears their heart on their sleeve and like shares everything. But back then it was glossy profiles it and really a bit was. more like, you know, just putting your best foot forward and everyone looking pristine. You didn't really know much about 
particularly some of the big influencers. So I ended up just getting some really amazing guests on who had like amazing. millions of followers and hundreds and thousands of followers and, and going to this company and saying, oh, the, the reach of my podcast is going to be this because I have these guests confirmed and they have this many followers Jeez. on social media and they've all happily agreed to post and blah, blah, blah. And I ended up getting a sponsor for like five grand before Jeez. I'd even recorded anything. That's what I'm so talking about. So I used the money for like production and like taking care of the guests and making sure they could like get to me and I covered their expenses or whatever. And then I threw a big launch party, which obviously got like good press and stuff that like that. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. And I got into season two and I was, I had a sponsor lined up for season two, a different sponsor. Um, and then, but her brand was a luxury brand and okay. this was like COVID hit and she was oh, really damn. worried about her business. She was like, I'm a luxury brand. Like, I'm not an essential. I'm really worried that, you know, my business is going to take a tumble through this time. Like yeah. it's probably better we don't proceed. And I was like, I completely understand. So I got like halfway through episode two, um, season two, and then I didn't have a sponsor anymore. Yeah. And then like, I was like you, I wanted to do it on the sofa, in person, for it to be this energy between two people. Yeah. Didn't want to compromise on that. So I was like, I'm going to put it on hold. And then... I decided I wanted to have a baby. Aww. So I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm, I suffer with the biggest FOMO of anyone you've ever met. Like I am totally a FOMO person. And I was like, guess what? It's a great time. It's COVID. No one's doing anything. I'm not missing out on anything. My career doesn't really have to go on hold. Fair. Like this feels like good timing. Um, when all of this began, I, um, to be fair, like I fell pregnant a little bit before we went into lockdown. Okay. Um, but, you know, it was on the horizon and yeah. we'd kind of made our decision already. But the fact that COVID happened just made it a little bit easier to put everything on hold and just focus on having a really present pregnancy. Well done. What so, a beautiful. But to be honest, I've not restarted it again. And that's because um, two reasons. Like, I felt like I should. Mm. But I didn't feel like I wanted to. That is so important. Don't force it. Don't force it. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. And do you know what? I'm not saying I'm not going to restart yeah, it. Yeah, Because cool, people can. now still say to me, oh, like, when are you bringing it back? I yeah. loved it. You know, it was Radio Times top 20 podcast to listen Amazing. to during COVID. Um, it, like, did really, really well. Yeah. I was up for awards and everything. Like, I couldn't believe how much it flew. But I come out the other side of COVID with just, like, very different set of goals. Yeah. And I'm someone that doesn't stay still. I'm always moving. In fact, at my wedding, my bridesmaid, Lara, my maid of honour, she did a speech yeah. and her running joke throughout the speech was, she's worked in pilot. Like talking about my careers, she's worked <laughs> in pilot. She's been a presenter for MTV. She owned a successful beauty company. And like she listed everything and I was like, oh my God, cringe. Like it, it actually, for a couple of days, played on my mind. I was like, wait, how many different things have I actually Are done? Like, am I even a serious person at this point? Oh my but God. But then I just realized like, I'm not someone that stands still. Like Fair. I like to keep moving. I like new challenges. I like new things. And also... How boring would it be if we all stayed in the same place for a really long time? Right. Like we got we got things to do. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about you because you are a boss. All round boss. Like you said, you've had multiple, multiple um companies and like streams of income. But finances are really important. Like you said, you don't mind talking about it, so let's talk about it, baby. Yeah. How have you been able to to keep on track of your money in terms of the freelance life? Because mm. it sounds like You've pretty much been freelance your whole life. Yeah, I have. And, you know... I've for... been getting fired a few times when I was, like, younger. Oh, my gosh. I always used to get fired, honestly. I'm, like, unemployable. Okay, so Yinka also said... <laughs> Did she? 
right? I'm it, unemployable. Like I can work what is as with you I guys? can work as a freelancer within somebody else's company and I will work so hard. Yeah. But if I'm like an employee, there's something in my brain that just screams, No. And oh I just gosh. I act up like I like challenge authority and all of these okay, weird things. You. And I'm like I get you. Or my biggest thing is I don't like seeing injustice. I don't like seeing people being taken the mick out of. Yeah. So I just can't hold my mouth. I see someone being bullied or being like... You're going to speak yeah, up. Yeah, I speak up. That's okay. got me in a lot of trouble. No, that's good. Keep speaking, girl. So let's speak about this. Yeah. I'm just money. Money. Let's talk about money. You've been able to, to navigate the financial, like, you know, jungle that is the creative industry. How important is it to keep records and have an accountant like do people who are in the industry need to be what well, is it financially literate is that the yeah. right terminology yeah i think i mean again same way with my career same way with everything agent being mm-hmm. my own agent like i'm self-taught um i started off really simple just like a little spreadsheet I, in fact, I still keep one to this day. That. I've got an account and I still keep one. Um, yes, and it's literally very simple. It's just like invoice number, the job, the date, what money came in, any expenses associated with it, and whether it's been paid or not. And I just tick it off. And it just gives me a running total of what oh, money's nice. coming in, what money's gone out, and what my end of year, you know, looks like. Um, it can be as simple as that. I think just having your invoice template set up and just changing your invoice number, tying that into your spreadsheet. Okay. Quite simple. Like, you don't need an accountant to do that. Um, I'm pretty sure you can learn how to do a self-assessment anywhere mm. online now, like on YouTube or whatever. Um, or you can just get an accountant just to do your, you know, end of year yeah. self-assessment for you and you send them your spreadsheets. And, you know, it's, it's quite simple. And then they should advise you. But then always ask the questions like, what can I claim back? What am I missing here? Right. Travel, da-da-da, whatever, hotels, whatever you've needed to do your job. Um so yeah, I've always kind of like done it myself. Um, it's funny, we've got a meeting on Friday, Tony and I, with a with a new accountant um, about uh, like really getting... The property business. Just getting, we've got several businesses and streams of income. Okay. So it's like trying to get everything under one house and like get it really streamlined. And you know, when you get to that point where you do feel like, okay, this is all a bit much and I'm doing spreadsheets till midnight, that's the time <laughs> you should probably bring in a, an accountant to you know, give you direction. That makes so much sense. Mm. You've been able to juggle a lot and I love that you mentioned making time to be a mom. Mm. Little River is too cute. He's literally an influencer to me. Like, I'm like, what's River up to now? Honestly. <laughs> He's so adorable. And I think it's really important that you, you have dedicated time to being a good mom. Mm. But of course... For us women, there is the challenge of trying to figure out when should we have children. And I know, I actually read an article from, from you years ago where you was really bigging up Holly, Will- Holly Willoughby and talking about how you love that she's been able to be a presenter but be a mom and like still be in the industry. And I admire women like her, like yourself, that are showing that it's possible. But was you worried about having a child impacting your career? So it's really funny. I was in the Capital Extra studio with Manny and Manny was like, you and Tony have been together forever. <laughs> when is the picnic coming? Um, Money in everyone's business. <laughs> I know. First of all, Norte, you're not meant to ask ladies that. But he did. And it did make me think. Wow. Um, I was like, soon, soon, soon. I definitely think when I was at Capital Extra, it didn't feel like the right time because the, the hours that I was doing. And it felt like I was 
in a space where, you know, really I should just be giving it 110%. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but I definitely just started to get this feeling. Like, Tony and I have been together for 15 years in January next Wow. Year. So 14 and a half years right now. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so we definitely were of the school of thought of, like, having fun, traveling. Yeah. Like, setting up our businesses. Like, just, like, living a good life before... Um, we had kids and I definitely didn't feel any pressure like a lot of people were like oh you know you're in your 30s now are you thinking about it and I'd be like no mm. not at all I'm good um, and then just one day I was like oh I think I am thinking about it and then wow. I had a conversation with him and I was like the only thing is I'm a bit worried like if I disappear off this scene like it feels like there's no coming back and yeah. you know what if global don't let me stay and what if I can't stay because of the night shifts yeah. and da, da, da. there's all of these thoughts going through my head and I, I would say there's never really a good time, but I did get really lucky in the sense of the country shut down when yeah. I was pregnant. <laughs> Great time. So there was no missing out. There was no FOMO. But um, it was definitely like a massive concern to me. Yeah. Um, I can't lie. I think half of the reason I waited until I was 37 to fall pregnant was because I... Um, I was worried about my career and the other half was just me and Tony. We just, we had so many things we wanted to do. And having like, fun. Yeah. Yeah. We were having fun. And I think that's so important. Um, but yeah, the industry will definitely have you second guessing whether it's, whether it's doable. What I will say is after having river, I did go back to work after eight days. Oh my gosh. I remember that you crazy woman. That was a mistake. Oh my Like I hold gosh. my hands up. That was a mistake. Like, it was too soon. I was lucky. Again, it was still COVID. I got to work from home. Oh, my um, But I definitely don't think I was ready to be, like, working. Is that, that physically, emotionally? Physically and emotionally. Like, wow. I definitely think, like, three months minimum would be next time if I was to go again. Yeah. And that is an if because I don't know. Like, people were already saying to me, when are you going to have another one? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm 40 yeah. next year. I'm probably going to go away with my girls and do some things and have some fun. And you fun. go away and you do it properly. Yeah, so. like, you know, I'm a party <laughs> pants, like... So can you imagine me going away from my 40th sober and like, you know, not that I'm like a big, big drinker, no, 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 but like but when you I, party, if I'm partying, I'm like, yeah, yeah. We need Shaney around if we yeah, want to have a good like time. I'm have a laugh. So yeah. I, you know, but I definitely think probably after that point I would be considering it, but also like River's a big personality. Yeah. He's a very big personality. I've got my hands full already. Um, and yeah, I don't think Tony and I like to put pressure on ourselves with anything. That's but like, good. if we feel it, we'll do it. And that's literally what we did with River. We felt it, we went for it. You know, like it was never a big plan. Um, but yeah, I definitely think um, the industry needs to allow more women to take time and right. not punish them for that time. Because that's what happens. Yeah, You know, we get punished for it. Do you know how many people, I don't know if I had this conversation with you, hmm. how many people stopped inviting me to events? <gasps> What? Or um, asking me if I was available for work because, oh, I just thought because you've had the baby now. Damn. Like that comment, I literally, I lost my bleep with a few people having wow. to say to them. And another friend of mine who's a big presenter for a very big channel in a very big industry, um, she literally didn't even get invited to an award ceremony for an award that she had won. Oh, my God. Because she'd had her baby and she found out afterwards that she'd won the award and that the rest of the team went to collect it on her behalf. Oh my God. I was like, sorry, what? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because, oh, we didn't think you'd want to come because you'd had a baby. She was like, my baby's six months old. I have a husband. 
Oh like, my gosh. You know, he's looking after the baby. I would have come. Like, yeah, that's... I've earned that award over the last however many years. Couldn't believe it when she told me. But also I could because I was like, oh, well, you know. Yeah, give us some grace, man. Yeah. Like, we can do it. We can do it if we have the support yeah. to do it. Like, you know, I know people that do have the support and you know a friend of mine she's an influencer she just got flown to mexico city oh, wow. to shoot a huge campaign and the brand paid for her to bring childcare. amazing yeah childcare oh, with her and because she was still breastfeeding and they scheduled the day with breastfeeding breaks like, come on that's what we're talking about you still got the girl that you want she still delivered the job you just facilitated what she needed to do it you know love that it's like that we need more of that definitely that is so encouraging like mm. honestly thank you that's for future me yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. but um honestly this whole conversation has been so encouraging so let's get to my best favorite bit okay. is that a sentence my favorite part of the interview yeah. is the top five tips to make it in the mainstream so shaney hit us okay um i didn't prepare anything so i'm just gonna go with whatever pops <laughs> you're into not allowed my head. to prepare this okay, is my good. favorite part okay so i would say tip number one um be self-sufficient for as long as you can. Mm, okay. So um, it makes you more hungry. It makes you more in control. It makes you more passionate um, because, you know, if you know you've got an agent, you know, scurrying around behind the scenes doing stuff for you, yeah. you probably won't be out there networking as much. You probably yeah. won't be out there putting yourself out there, getting into the room as much. I feel like by taking away the the, the agent, the accountant, like you're going to learn to be better with your own money. You're going to pay true. attention to your money even when you do have an agent. You're going to go out there, you're going to network, you're going to ask questions, you're going to be inquisitive, you're going to learn, you're going to talk about money. Like yeah. I think sometimes starting out very self-sufficient, you know, trying to figure out how to do your own media kit, maybe have a little side hustle so you can pay for some studio time to do something like just start off being your entire production and mm -hmm. management team I think is a good place to start Amazing. um just uh I'd say tip number two definitely don't be afraid to and I I, I kind of hate myself a little bit for saying this <laughs> okay <laughs> because I don't think anyone should be put in this situation mm. but the reality is you do still have to do a bit for free in the beginning okay um I Fair. think most people have, have done it. Yeah. And I think you m would possibly not create as many opportunities for yourself if you don't offer. Like there's I'll definitely been times yeah. where there's been something going on and no one doesn't need anyone, mm. but I've gone, I'll do it and yeah. you don't need to pay me. I and agree. then I have something for my showreel. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think those types of allowances, yeah. I think are fine. But when people are coming on going oh you know let's get you to do this and that and the other and they're promising you the world and not even giving you expenses Don't fall that's for it. not okay yeah that's not okay but if you're in control of that and you want to put yourself in the room because you see an opportunity or somebody you really want to work with somebody you really want to learn from like even this show somebody yeah. might turn around and go i want to intern for you ramel yeah like i really want to learn how you make a podcast can i come down yeah and you say yes that's blessings for them they've that's their decision and they've hopefully made allowances for that and i know you probably be giving them some expenses or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but the reality is like, I think there is space for that, yeah. but it just needs to be in the right context. Okay, um, good, I like this, I like this. Was that controversial? No, okay. real. You came uh, to be real, girl. I did, I did, I did. Um, so tip number three. Number three. This is a tip that I had to learn for myself in a hard way, which is don't watch what anyone else is doing. We all need a little bit of that. Like, and, I, and I'm giving it to myself again in this very moment. Yeah. Like, don't watch what anyone else is doing because there, there is only one you mm -hmm. and there is only one them. 
and they're not going to be able to do what you're doing in the way that you're doing it and you're not going to be able to do what they're doing in the way that they're doing it. Yes, sometimes there's moments in the industry where it's unfair mm. or you just missed out on something because of something that was completely out of your control. Yeah. Like, it happens all the time. I got asked to host something amazing twice this year and the first time fell on my legal wedding ceremony and the second time fell on my Hindu. No way. I wasn't in the country and I was like, oh so frustrating and then I saw someone else doing it and now I'm like oh my god what if they get to ask to do loads of more things yeah. because of that but you know life be life in and you yep. know if it was meant to be in that moment I'm sure something great's around the corner for me you know always in 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 a similar lane but I think just like stay focused on what it is that you want and try not to look at what anyone else is doing because all it does is make you feel rubbish if, yeah. they're, if they're slightly punching ahead Pretty you know much. you know it just makes you feel rubbish mm. so it's a bit like stalking people on social media and you know being like oh look how great they look and I don't look as great in that outfit when I wore it it's like you're just making yourself feel bad just don't yeah. do it yeah that's good number three that was number three got two more why is there so many because <laughs> they're top five tips um <laughs> okay make genuine friendships oh okay in the industry like that you want to go into don't make friends with people because they can get you something. Don't mm. talk to someone because they can do something for you. Just like find something real to connect on. Yeah. Like I recently connected with somebody purely because we had kids the same age. Turns out she's a really powerful high up person oh, wow. with a brand that I've been working for for a couple of years. I just started talking to her. I didn't know who she was. <laughs> we didn't talk about work at yeah. all. And then at the end of it, I was like, oh, what's your name again? She's like, oh, I'm the head of, head of this. And I was like, okay. And she was like, I think you're really cool. Like, I'm really looking forward to working you, with you more, wow. you know, in the future. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, but we just connected yeah, about exactly real that. life stuff. Exactly so that. I think sometimes you can go into a room with a, too much intention to like, you know, meet someone or... Yeah get something from someone and it's just not good. I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm pretty bad at doing that. Like I, I'm pretty bad at that. I just like to meet people and get to know them and yeah. their real lives and connect with them on a more more human level. And you'll find you probably stay in somebody's mind a lot more. Yeah. They'll be more inclined to want to work with you in the future. If an opportunity does come up, they think, oh, that girl, she was a presenter. I really liked her. That Yeah, exactly you know? that. And it's not because I went, hi, I'm a presenter and I do this and I've done that and blah, blah. And here's my socials. And can I get your details? And can I email you on Monday? Mm. Just like you've had a chat and then maybe you give them a little follow on socials nice to meet you yeah you know keep it simple i love that and number five one more girl <laughs> number five i would say be smart with your money um Again? and be smart with your like the business of what you do do you know what i mean like yeah. we, we look yeah, at yeah. ourselves as you know, presenters or maybe you're a singer, maybe you're a dancer, maybe you're an actor. And we focus so much on the craft. We mm. forget we're a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, what Definitely. does your business look like? Um, are you putting some of your income back into your business? Definitely. Is your media kit up to date? Is your show up to date? Do you need to put some money aside for a rebrand? Like mm. all of these things. Um, uh, invest in yourself in that sense. Yeah you know remember you're a brand and also I think it's really good when you're a, a, a solo person yeah. to not be afraid to kind of get some help in the sense of um I recently worked with a coach um called hey it's okay okay um her name's Jordan she's a friend of mine but 
she started a business, a, um, a coaching business, and I never thought that being a presenter, I would need something like that. Like, yeah. why do I need a coach? Yeah. But actually, I wanted to do a rebrand. I'm taking my career very much in a kind of presenting property space, mm-hmm. and that's very different from what I've been doing. So I needed to, like, rebrand my showreel, my website, like, yeah. everything new, and start creating some more content around that, which I haven't put out there yet. I'm focusing that on our interiors page. But... um it was really good to have somebody that was like, okay, so what do you want? And how are you going to get there? And what are you going to do in the next week? And what are you going to do in the next three weeks? And what are you going to do in the next three months? Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, by having that weekly coaching call, I achieved everything I wanted to do in three months in three weeks. Damn. So sometimes it's really good to go, you know what? I need a bit of help. Or yeah. I need a bit of focus. I need someone to guide me. Because you might have an agent, but she might have like 17 other clients. Yeah, yeah, She doesn't yeah. have time to guide you through it. So invest in yourself. You did it. Top five tips. And they Thank were you. good. They are a bit long, weren't they? But talk, they're good. Talk it's too much. <laughs> Wonder why that is. I should be a presenter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is why you get paid the big bucks. Oh, but I don't no. know about that. <laughs> no, honestly, I have loved getting a little deep dive into your world, into your career, the journey. The journey's beautiful, man. And I'm, I'm so happy that the spreadsheet worked. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we've got a new spreadsheet now, Oh, Ramel. my Lord. So we're at a new spreadsheet. It's a new day. We're going in a new direction. And, you know, it's that thing of putting myself out there all over again, doing something new. I like that. still presenting, but in a very specific set for space. And, you know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, there's a lot not going on that I would like to be going on. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, it's okay to start again um, and push in a different direction from time to time. So I guess it's a watch this space moment for me, I think. Love that. We're always watching. And how can everyone follow and keep up to date? Oh, so it's at Shaney underscore Ryan um, on Instagram. I don't really tweet much. I should be better at that. You're, you love us. tweeting. Nah, stopped. You? you stopped. Long. You've seen the new X. <laughs> We'll talk about another time. You want the birdie back. I want the bird back. But uh, anyway. Yeah, no, I, but um, also I've got my new website, which is um, shaneyryan.co.uk. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you, Shaney Ryan, for joining us thank on the mainstream. You. Thank you for listening to the mainstream podcast with me, Ramel London. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple and Spotify and follow us at the mainstream UK and at Ramel underscore London.